Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. It's good to speak with you once again. It's good to speak to everybody once again. We have a great treat coming up at 1140 a.m. this morning. General Mark Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark A. Milley, going to join us on the show because today's America's game. It's Army, it's Navy, it's 3 p.m., it's America's game. And we'll get into that with the General coming up at 11.40 a.m. this morning, at least on the eastern side, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. One of my favorite actors, this would be a weird way to start the show, but I'm going to do it. One of my, I would say, when you start to break down actors, and you start to say, well, that's one of my favorite actors. This is one of my favorite actors. There's got to be like a top 25 favorite actors. So, I, by the way, I don't know if I was, I'm ruining Pierno's top five. I guess we can't do top five actors now. One of my top 25 favorite actors is George C. Scott. Dr. Strangelove, Patton. You know those movies. There's another movie that he's absolutely fantastic in. And since it is Christmas time, I think it's really apropos to talk about it. If you've ever seen the movie A Christmas Carol, 1984, he plays Ebenezer Scrooge. And I think we know how, I I hope I'm not spoiling the plot of anybody. I think we know how the movie starts, middles and ends. Uh, But he plays Ebenezer Scrooge in the movie. And there's a scene in the movie, I've seen it a hundred times. There's a scene in the movie where he goes to the exchange. It's Christmas Eve. He's at the exchange. He's conducting business. And while he's at the the exchange, there's another couple of guys. You can see that these guys are very, very wealthy. And they're walking around in canes and top hats and monocles and all the stuff that would tell you that they they have more money than you or I or anybody else out there, unless Jeff Bezos is listening. So as they're walking around, there's there's, there's three guys who approach him, and they are also wearing canes and top hats and monocles and tuxes and the whole thing. And they walk up to him, and they are actually there to collect for some charity. And in the movie, of course, you know that George or that George C. Scott playing Ebenezer Scrooge is supposed to be a heartless bastard, so he gives absolutely nothing to them and says, no workhouses, no the, 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 the workhouses, the prisons where the poor should go, perhaps they should, quick, they should quicken their, de- their death so we can get rid of the surplus population, that type of thing. And while he's there, he's going over the price of corn. I guess he, he, he trades in some commodities, and he has corn. 
And during the negotiation, during the conversation, he says, uh, you pay the price for the corn. This is, this is what it costs. This is how it goes. And they say, damn it, Scrooge, that's not fair. And he says, it's not fair. It's business. And I don't mean to make this analogy with a light heart. I think that is probably the mantra of 2020, don't you? I hate to overuse the term 2020, the year 2020, and what's gone on in this year that we cannot wait to get rid of, and hopefully we'll come out of it with a much sunnier disposition by this time next year in 2021. It's not with a light heart that I make this analogy. I do think that that is the mantra of where we live in a society in 2020. It's not fair. It's business. As a person who does sports radio I know and, and does local sports radio, I know a lot of small business owners that are dealing with some things right now, dealing with some tough things. It's not fair, but it's business. And I think about this when it comes to college football. Because we've brought this up a couple times. I, I thought that this would probably be better for the haves instead of the have-nots. If you're a have, you have more in surplus. You have more that you can, you can handle. You have more that you can live with. For those who are the have-nots going into this situation, it's been a disastrous 2020. And it's the same in college athletics. We've seen schools that have had to cut programs. I think we've seen schools that probably might have used it as an excuse, but that's a different conversation, regretfully. We've seen schools that have had to cut programs, that have had to close doors in certain programs, not even just talking sports, talking about academics as well. We've even seen a number of colleges have to close doors altogether. In these moments in history, there are haves and there are have-nots. In a free market system, that's the way we're going to live. And we protect that free market system because there is, while these times can be dark and can be difficult, we always are under the guise of opportunity. And it's the same in college football. It really is. Where, no, it's not fair. But you must do, according to the governing body, do what's best to protect business. For the NCAA, who doesn't pick the college football playoffs, they'll do everything they can because while they do pick the NCAA tournament, They'll do everything they can to protect the NCAA tournament coming up. No matter what Coach K has to say, no matter what Nate Oates has to say back, they're going to do everything they can to protect the tournament. If that means putting everybody in and giving buys and whatever they have to do, they will do every single thing they possibly can because that is their biggest moneymaker. That's what they are to do. With the college football playoff committee, they know they've taken a bath. Their member institutions have taken a bath. They're going to try to recoup those expenses any way they can and plow forward to 2021. And with the way it all seems is that if your job is lost, you can find another job. These are the pillars of how we draw our success. These are the pillars of how it trickles down to us and how it trickles down to the mid-major college football programs. These are the ones that are going to be there. If When this season started, when the minute the Big Ten said that they were going to be back, you knew This was going to happen. You didn't want it to happen, but you knew. Because on everything based in real life, you knew this was going to happen. Again, it's a tough analogy to make because I'm talking about sports and I am comparing it with real life, but you've seen this in your own hometown. We protect the very, very biggest. They're supposed to provide the very, very most. The other ones, you'll find other ways to work. You'll find other ways to live. We have to trudge forward. Well, that's ugly to admit. It's the truth. 
And I wish it was a different way. I really, truly do. And it's that way in college sports. It's really that way in professional sports. Major League Baseball, not at the tippy top. Phillies take a bath. Other teams take tremendous losses. You're not at the tippy top. The NBA, not at the very top. Who's at the top of the food chain when it comes to American professional sports? It's the NFL. The NFL hasn't missed a down of football yet. They've got it all in. They're back-slapping and high-fiving. Well, they can't do any of that. They're virtual high-fiving because we protect the very biggest. And in college football, it's no different. So while I hear Dabo Sweeney on Rich Eisen, and there's probably a lot of me that actually agrees with Dabo Sweeney. It's been a, been a few months since I've agreed with Dabo Sweeney on everything. But this is something that I think I agree with Dabo Sweeney on when he was asked by Rich Eisen about a team that, had to play only six games possibly getting into the college football playoffs. This is what Coach Dabo Sweeney had to say about that. I just think that there has to be some type of standard. And, uh, you know, I just think it would be, if I was on a committee, it Mm -hmm. would be hard for me to leave out a uh, 10-1 and uh, Texas A&M or a a, a 11-game Florida uh, team. you know, over a team that's played six games. That would be hard for me if I was on the committee, but I'm not on the committee. Uh, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't mean they're not a great team and could win the whole thing. I just think that there has to be, um, you know, I just think from a big-picture standpoint, uh, I would lean toward rewarding the teams that have have been all in. That's Debo Sweeney on the Rich Eisen Show. He's right but what have I repeated throughout this entire opening segment? It isn't fair. It's business. Texas A&M has a large fan base. I mean, no disrespect to Texas A&M. We have fans who are listening down there. I mean, no disrespect to you. It is not the same type of cachet as Ohio State. And I'll explain why. Hold on. I'll explain to you why. While I appreciate our listeners who are Florida fans, you are their only hope. If you beat Alabama, Alabama will still be in because, remember, they're a have. You've been a have-not here as of recent, even though things are coming together very nicely with Dan Mullen. You are a have-not. You are everybody else's only hope. But A&M, I mean, no disrespect to you, but there is a difference, and this is what it is, is that still, while I can say it's not fair, they're going to look at the bottom line of everything. And what is the bottom line? The bottom line of the college football playoffs is entertainment and excitement and interest. That's what they have. And they know that while they're the same teams with the same names, there are very polarizing feelings about them. With Clemson, Dabo Sweeney has been under fire for some of his comments that he's made earlier throughout the year, but he wins a ton and nobody seems to really be truly bothered by it for whatever reason. They don't seem to be truly bothered by him because, again, we're in an area where when you win, you can do damn near anything you want. And Clemson's one of those marquee programs. They've taken care of their business for the most part, with the exception of Notre Dame, which everybody wanted to discount because, well, every three years we have to hear about Notre Dame and how Notre Dame has put it together and how Notre Dame is serious. But now, during this, they're the team that might have proven it the most, playing an actual conference schedule for the first time ever, playing home and away, 
getting through this, playing multiple games, getting through all this, and being a team that plays the ACC championship game, a team that has probably earned it. There's very little I could say about Notre Dame, and of course Alabama. The standings are there. They're undefeated. They've played that full slate, the best of the full slate they can. They have completely trounced their in-state rival. For the Alabama Crimson Tide, it's as good as it gets. And so if I were to put those three teams in, there's not much I could say about Notre Dame, but they are polarizing because you either love or hate Notre Dame. There's no other way around it. Clemson's Clemson. Alabama's Alabama. And if they play again, it'll be more of the same, but it'll still be entertaining college football. But then if I put Ohio State in here, and this is where I mean no disrespect to Texas A&M, but folks, I tell you the truth. If I put Ohio State in there, now I have a natural enemy. Guys, I'm from Ohio. I grew up an Ohio State fan, headphones off. When I went to college and I went to Akron, I realized, and I've told this story many times over, that I know Pierno's rolling his eyes. I've told this story so many times. Akron's given me a future. The University of Akron's given me a future. The University of Akron, I can, I can give them credit for helping me along the way to give me a career. The great Mr. Beck at the University of Akron, now retired, Tom Beck, who's one of the best people you could ever run across, giving me a future in this business, pushing me forward to take a job as a part-time board op in this business. The University of Akron gave me something. Ohio State gave me nothing. And during that time, I cannot have an allegiance to Ohio State. And once I no longer have an allegiance to Ohio State, I can see everything. It really is open. Once you're not a fan of one of the big-time college football programs out there, it truly frees you to see the truth that Ohio State, Notre Dame, we say this a lot, but Ohio State is either loved or hated by all the entire country of college football. There is no third direction. In this, a team that played five games – but did find their loophole because they were able to beat Indiana head-to-head, and they were able to do it. They find their loophole to get into the Big Ten championship. The Big Ten has opened their doors for Ohio State. It's not fair, but it's business. The Big Ten opens their door for Ohio State to go play in the Big Ten championship game. The team they probably plays against them, they have to play this weekend. There's really not a shot in hell that they'll probably be able to beat Ohio State, but there's always that possibility. They'll be able to play for it. There will be some sort of fairness there, I guess. They laugh in the background. And then a more than likely 6-0 Ohio State team that has had, by this time, five to six less chances to lose, to get injured, to be upset the way that Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, A&M, Florida, all has had to do, Cincinnati, BYU, Coastal Carolina, All those programs who've played more BYU switching out an entire schedule. And here's Ohio State. They played six games, and they're going to get in, and that's not fair. But you know what that means? That means you're going to watch. That means you're going to watch with a vested interest. They'll get it in number four. Alabama, more than likely, unless Florida pulls off something incredible, then I guess we can get rid of this, and that's why this makes it even two times better. That coming up in just a moment. It'll be number four, Ohio State versus Alabama. Now everybody becomes an Alabama fan. Hoping that Nick Saban, Nick Saban, which to some fans out there is one letter away from Satan, will go out and hopefully beat Ohio State with not so great a defense, with Justin Fields as what started as a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate who doesn't play enough games probably to be a legitimate Heisman Trophy winner. But still being in that conversation, that seems unfair to everybody as well. And here's Ohio State 
going in as the bad guy, getting all the corners cut for them, there they go. It's not fair, but it makes for captivating television, does it not? Now, if you hate Ohio State, you want to watch Ohio State get their asses kicked for 60 minutes. Whether it be Clemson, whether it be Alabama, it probably wouldn't be Notre Dame because Notre Dame might go in as a number three or somebody else might go in there. And you get that chance to watch them either lose and you get to enjoy that, or if you're an Ohio State fan, which there is a ton out there, one of the biggest alumni bases in the entire world, one of the top three, that you, as an Ohio State fan, if you are, get to turn the tables on them and show that we're so good we only have to play six games and then we can beat the top teams in college football. And why I bring Florida into this mix, Florida's the great hope. Now I watch the SEC championship game hoping that Florida is able to beat Alabama. You're not going to leave a one-loss Alabama team out. You'll put Alabama in. Then you'll put Florida in. Now I have two SEC teams out there. I can get the fans chanting the SEC. I could probably put Notre Dame still in, even if they lose to Clemson. I could put Clemson back in. Boom. Now we have something that's fair. And I'm watching college football playoffs again to see whether or not Florida can run the table. I'm watching it to see whether or not Notre Dame can run the table again, whether or not Clemson can take care of business or Alabama can take care of business. Either way, while it's unfair, it's what is best for the bottom line. It's what is best for business. Any way you slice it throughout this year, you take care of the haves, that's what's important to Big Brother. You take care of the haves, that's what's important to Bill Hancock. That's what's important to the future. You live with it. You seal it, then you try to move on to 2021. That has been their entire goal. It, it is not the right way it's supposed to be, but it is something that should be able to draw advertising dollars and should be able to draw network ratings. While it is not fair, how can I fight against it when when I break it down, it makes so much sense? Because if we're talking about fairness, guys, that conversation ended on Sports Talk Radio in the early 90s. When the concept of the BCS came around, that was it. That's all. And even before that, when it was voted on, we know the concept of fairness. It's never been true. It never was, and it never will be. Certainly not in big-time college football, and sure as hell, not in big-time college football in 2020. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's not fair, but should Ohio State get a shot? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern, Ben Kirchival will join us, CBS Sports College football writer, also chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark A. Milley, 1140 a.m. Eastern, 840 a.m. Pacific. Pierno, you know this is the, by far the most powerful person I've ever spoken to? I thought so. <laughs> I thought that, yeah. I have not had to – we found this out on Wednesday – uh, I have been doing research. I have not had to research a guest for about a month and a half. Because, I hate to say this, fall, because there's so much football, a lot of shows, or I should say a lot of show guests, it kind of goes on autopilot. If, if we do, if we do like a peek behind the curtain, Pierno, you know what I'm talking about. Like you have, like, no offense to Ben Kirchival, we kind of know what we're going to be talking about coming up here at 1040 a.m. Eastern, right? Ohio State, whether or not Ohio State should be in, what happened with the Big Ten, the biggest mistake the Big Ten made, 
the Michigan thing, obviously the SEC, all the other the, – the, the ins and outs of what have you there. And then coming up at, what, 12.40 p.m. Pacific – or p.m. Eastern, Tyler Dunn's going to join us. Everybody knows we're going to talk NFL with him. But this, this is some good stuff. This is strong stuff. This is easily the most important, most powerful person I have interviewed in my life. And I have been doing research. Pirino, you're gonna be you're gonna be thrilled. I'm probably gonna mess it up because I'm nervous to talk to him because there is a reverence there. I do revere and 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 totally respect our, our military. And plus, I I have always been. And if you've listened to this show last sat or last year in, on the Saturdays and on on the year before on the Sunday evenings, you know how much this game means. And I mean I mean this sincerely. Uh, there will be a day that I do plan on taking my sons to this game. I want to be there early. I want to see the cadets march into the stadium. I want to see the cadets having their fun, letting their hair down. I'd like to take my sons to see it all. I think it would be a crazy thing to see. I think it would be an incredible thing to see. I think it would be an incredible thing to see the president, whether it be anybody who's there, doesn't matter. I don't care. Not getting political. I don't care. I want to see the president walk across the field. I want to see him do the wave, the commander-in-chief, the whole thing, man. I want to see the whole thing. And Pierre, I'll tell you, I actually want nasty weather. I actually don't want sunny, nice weather. When I've grown up watching Army-Navy, it's either been like at the old veteran stadium at like a driving rainstorm or Lincoln Financial where there's like a foot of snow. And it's, that's what I want. I don't want good weather for the game. I want it to be gloomy. I want it to be cold. I either want it to be snowy or rainy. I'd, I'd prefer snow, but I'll take anything I get. So that's something I definitely plan to do with my sons. They're five, they're four, they're one right now. I'm thinking my youngest, Jonah, I think I'm probably going to wait till he's six or seven to take them. And that's the that's when I want to go. So I definitely want to go, but I definitely want to take my sons with me. 855-212-4CBS. Speaking of it, John, South Carolina, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, John. Hey, Ken, how you doing? Doing well, friend. Go ahead, bud. Oh, I just wanted to uh, – I was always in the Army and the Navy, so I really can't lose with this game. But, Wait a minute. Uh, you, were a member of, you were a member of both? Or are you a family yeah. of both? No. Uh, I, was, I started in the Navy. I was in the Navy, the Navy Reserve, the Army Reserve, National Guard, and Active Army. Wow. You did all that? Yeah. I was all I'm, over the place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there? Can I ask this question? I ask this sure. respectfully. Which one do you like the most? I love them both. Uh, in the, in the <laughs> Navy, I was I was on the aircraft carrier Enterprise. Um, wow. In the Army, I drove a tank. Um, uh, heavy equipment mechanic, aircraft mechanic. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I've done quite a bit. So I know I people. Have, is this the right way to look at it, though, John? Because I've always – because Navy to me – I mean, Navy's had – Munkin's done a good job. But Navy's had a better – during my lifetime has had a better football program. I have found myself rooting for Army because, like, the, there was the win streak. There was the win streak by Navy. I found myself rooting for Army. I know people who, in odd years, they root for Navy, and in even years, they root for Army. John, is that the right way to do it? Uh, actually, I'm rooting for Army this year, but uh, I've seen some interviews with some of the Navy midshipmen, and uh, they've got some pretty impressive people on that, that team. Uh, 
the one captain on defense, he's a cornerback, he has got so many awards for all his charity work he does out in the community. And you look at it, and it's like, wait a minute, you got all your schoolwork at Annapolis, you got football, and you're out in the community doing all this uh, volunteer service. Yeah. Um, that's just amazing. So, in um, that way, um, I'm rooting for certain players on the Navy team, but I'm I am rooting for Army this year. John, I can't thank you enough for the call on the service, my friend. Thank you very much. I hope the rest of your day is wonderful. Alex, South Carolina. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, buddy. Army vet, five years. I just wanted to call in and say, go Army, beat Navy. <laughs> this is great. I love it. Alex, thank you very much for the service of the call. <laughs> this is fantastic. I've always, I got to admit, I've always been, and I don't know, as a civilian, I don't know if I've, I've been allowed to, but I've always just always have found a way. It's like, eh, kind of want to pull for Army. And nothing against the, nothing against Annapolis. I've spent time in Annapolis. I've enjoyed my time. I've stayed at the Best Western in Annapolis. I've enjoyed my time there. I've had seafood there. It's been fantastic. But you see, like, Mitchie Stadium, and there's the river, and the, you got the big hills, the mountainous hills up behind the stadium. It's just, gosh, it's just so beautiful. And when the 14-game winning streak came around, I'm like, come on, man, come on. So I'll tell you what, I, I know that my station locally is carrying it. I got some things I got to do right after the show. I'm going to try to have my ass parked there, but I know I'm going to be listening to it, and I know I'm going to be watching it later. It is just the coolest thing, and when we do rivalries, when I talk about Ohio State, Michigan, or, or Alabama and, and Auburn, I always put Army-Navy in a separate category. It's always in a more special, more separate category. 855-2124-CBS. General Mark Milley is going to be joining us coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. Up next, Ben Kerchival is going to join us. I said it's not fair about Ohio State, and it's not fair about Ohio State, but it probably is for the good of college football, big-time college football, the right thing to do. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote at geico.com today. It's easy. Slate of college football games out there. SEC games are still out there. Alabama getting set to probably beat the brakes off Arkansas. We got Army-Navy later on today. To talk about it all, Ben Kerchival joins us. College football writer, CBS Sports. Find him on Twitter at Ben Kerchival. Ben, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Thanks, Ken. How are you? Doing very, very well. All right. It's unfair that Ohio State gets in, but I, I spent a whole open on it going, yeah, but it's probably what's been. Well, I, I shouldn't say it gets in. It's not It's not foreseen just yet. It's not guaranteed just yet. Florida has something to say about it. But, I mean, yeah, if they if they win the Big Ten championship game and they're 6-0 and and Florida loses to Alabama, then it's probably, I mean, it's probably what's best for business. Probably, Ben? Yeah. Saying probably yeah, a lot, that, that's, that, that's the game, Ken. It's the game. It's been the game for six years. Uh, you know, you go back to 2016, and I, it's an apples and oranges comparison, but that was the year Penn State won the Big Ten, yeah. and Ohio State still got in over them. This is a it's – a, it's a pageant, right? You want the, the best brands. And, and for the record, I'm not saying that the system is busted by any means because what we typically talk about is number four. We're never talking about teams one through three. 
those teams are almost always solidified. It's just who should get that fourth spot. And it usually comes down to two, maybe three teams. And my guess is if Ohio State wins out, yeah, they're, they're going to be in. And at some point, the playoff will expand to eight, and some of this clutter, some of this noise will go away. Not all of it, but some of it. Um, but I, I come back to this. This is a, a pandemic year. And from the get-go, the worst fear of the playoff committee is that they were going to have like six different teams with six wildly different resumes. What you're really talking about here at the end of the day is one. Uh, it, you know, you mitigate your, your possible worst-case scenarios, probably going to come out of this okay, punt and move on to 2021. Ben Kirchival joining us on the show. I, I thought that this was when, – when, when the Big Ten said that they weren't going to play, I said, okay, now this is different. But I thought that going into the season, it's always going to be better for the halves. I, I, and this is a terrible analogy to make, but it's true. We, we've done this in our real lives. The biggest businesses, we, we, call, we call them, quote, too big to fail. The government's not going to let those businesses fail. Well, college football is not going to let Ohio State fail. They're, they know that yeah. they mean money. They know that they mean eyes. And honestly, it, when we look in sports – in entertainment, Ben, it's good versus evil. We have we have a side that we believe is good. We have another side that we believe is evil. What's more evil than a six-win team getting every break for them, even by their own conference, and going, all right, go on up there because we need the money that badly. Let's go. Like, how, who's not going to watch that? Everybody's going to watch that, either hoping they win or hope, or really hoping they lose. Oh, I, the, a number of people who hope Ohio State gets blown out is going to be massive. They're, they're going to be the – which in a playoff featuring what will likely be Alabama and, like, Notre Dame, man, you really had to work to get there <laughs> to really be the most hated team all of this. But, yeah, that's, that's probably where we're headed in this. And I, I get it. Uh, the people who, you know, have a problem with Ohio State getting in at six wins, I, I understand where they're coming from. I'm not trying to ride both sides of the fence. I'm just – I get their their quibbles, and I also get why it would probably unfold the way that it's going to. Um, but again, that's sort of what the four team playoff has been for six years. It's just the context in which these things have will probably be decided. That's what's changed for 2020. But by the way, I'm not I'm not really dogging on the Big Ten as much for for making their adjustment to Ohio State. I. I mean, I, I get that entirely. You you flipped back and forth uh, a bunch of times on what you're going to do this year. The moment that the ACC made their adjustments for Clemson and Notre Dame, gloves were off, baby. I mean, it, it, it was over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, the moment that that happened, it's like, okay, we're we're making this as we go. That's what everyone's been doing. It's just to what degree they've had to do it. I did think it was kind of funny to hear Debo Sweeney on Rich Eisen say what he says going, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot and you were a five-win team in the ACC, you don't think the ACC would do everything they can to get you in that spot? Yeah, would. And, they, and, and, I, and I get it. I really do. Here's the thing about where we are with college football right now. And, again, this, we're looking at this through the, the lens of 2020 and the pandemic and the different uh, number of games that teams have played. But overall, here's where we are with the sport. We like Cinderella's, but we don't like them as much – as we think we like them. Like we like undefeated coastal Carolina playing BYU, but we don't like them enough to really give them a shot. Bingo. You know what I'm saying? Bingo. Ben Kirchival joining us on the show. 
Ohio State-Michigan, that game gets canceled. Before I go into anything about Michigan, I just thought it was another total, total failure by the Big Ten. I go, why do you play Ohio State? What was it, Ohio State-Rutgers week one? You don't play mm-hmm. Ohio State-Michigan week one just to make sure that game gets in? What are yeah. you doing? I had a problem with it. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, no, I, I think you're right in terms of the way things played out for scheduling. And, and by the way, I, Big Ten's taking their lumps out there, and, and they've deserved a lot of them. But, you know, you, you go back to, like, July. Everyone's doing what they think is either the right thing or at the very least they're trying not to do the wrong thing. And I, I understand that, and I respect that. People are going to make a lot of, of mistakes along the way. So I, I, I'm not saying they don't deserve to be called out. It's just I – I kind of forgive and forget a little bit more uh, than I, I think most people. Because at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to get through this thing. Uh, that being said, you know, Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, I think had the right idea about this. And I, and I say this as someone who was skeptical that the season could have been played, not even entirely sure it should have been played. But here we are. I think Bowlesby had the right idea, which is your best window, and whether that's trying to play – most of a full season, whether you want to play your biggest game, you know, whatever that means to you. Your window is now, meaning August and September. Your window is not in November and December when this thing is going to be at its height. I think he was right. Yeah. Do you think that it's plausible at all that Michigan was – I'm going to use this term. I don't believe it, but I'm going to use it. Is it plausible at all that Michigan's ducking Ohio State? No. Capital N-O. I was getting calls. Now, I'm based out of Ohio. So I'm getting calls on, on what was it, Wednesday morning, like yelling. I'm like, listen, I, I, I'm not an Ohio State fan. That doesn't mean I love Michigan, and I'm disappointed in Jim Harbaugh just as much as anybody because I, I think the rivalry means so much less now. And I think that certainly in college football, I don't think it's the best rivalry anymore the way that people thought it was the best rivalry at one point. The other side's got to win every now and then for it to be. As, as disappointed as I may be in Jim Harbaugh, I know that they're what? They're 2-4 and four going in that would, would have been going into the game. It's mm-hmm. disappointing. I don't know if they have to fudge the numbers. I don't think they have to fudge the numbers because, one, you won't want to fudge the numbers in this type of thing. Two, I, I think if we, if we had a situation where we had a football coach making $7 million a year who didn't want to coach in a football game, I think you got real big problems other than just COVID that you have to be able to figure out if you're Michigan. And the other side of it, okay, say they were 6-0. and oh. Do you really want to go out at one point with the contract tra- contact tracing? There was as many as 45 or 50 players who might not be able to play in that football game. So if you're 6-0 and Michigan trying to get the monkey off your back, you really want to go try to play with, with maybe 45 or 50 people off your roster against Ohio State at 6-0? and yeah. Who the hell would want to do that, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Here's, here are two things that I think are simultaneously true. Coaches and players, they, they want to play the game. Yes. They're competitors. They want, they want to play the game. At the same time, as we sit here on December 12th, from people that I've spoken with, everyone's done, man. Everyone's just done with the season, finished with it. They're ready to move on. So if you can't play the game, if, you, if the contact – which, by the way, contact tracing has really been the bigger issue for college football games than the actual positives. I mean, that, that's really where your roster gets decimated on this. But if contact tracing says half your team's out, that's when you go, all right, <laughs> move on. That's, that's what it is. Did you laugh? Did you chuckle? Did you ha-ha when LSU decided to have their own uh, one-year self-imposed bowl ban for the 2020 season? Yeah, I did because, 
Right, because if that's like, um, yeah, that's that was pretty. Like, okay, if you're gonna take a take a year, this would be the the year to do it. Uh, here's the thing that got buried in all of this was the the booster who funneled money from the what was it, it was the the hospital or the charity or I forget it off the top of my head. So I'm like, that's the kind of stuff. That's like, man, I know you're gonna do this one year bull ban and whatever, and you're you're kind of hoping that everyone buries the lead and just shrugs this off until next year something like that's the kind of stuff where if you want to talk about the real dirty stuff in college athletics that's that's the nonsense where you just you got to find ways to to not only get rid of that but sort of open things up from the name image likeness situation where you're you're not even having to deal with those dirty bag man dude some of those guys are just those guys are evil they are Oh, it's as greasy as it gets. So, so what do you think the long-term fallout is by the NCAA? Because you have you have that going on, and then I mean, it, let's you got this sexual assault thing that that bubbled up to the surface, then went away. Now they're investigating it. Mm-hmm. What happens with LSU here? Over, the, I don't know when we actually find. I think that's unfair to give you for me to ask you for a timetable. Yeah. But what what is the possibility here of of punishment for LSU? Is there a possibility that Ed Orgeron doesn't make it out of this some way somehow? I think that's probably the more pertinent angle on this is I, I can't speak on because the NCAA you, who knows what they're going to do right I, it's, I mean everything is is so different and so arbitrary so I it, it would be really difficult if not impossible for me to, to stand here today and, and tell you what would happen with LSU institutionally uh, from the NCAA's perspective I will say this the grace period of winning that 2019 national championship is over. Fred or Ron. I, I'm not saying he gets fired this year. I'm not even saying he gets fired next year, but I, I think that leash got real tight again very, very quickly. Ben, well, you, that's, see, that's the key point you just said right there. That leash gets tight again. I don't, think it's, I don't think it should be lost on anybody. While there was a love affair with Coach O over this last year, I think there were a lot of LSU, and you would know this better than I do. I mean, you cover the damn thing. That's why we're having you on. I think there were a lot of people from LSU who felt that he was a placeholder for a while until they could find themselves a big-time coach again. And so I think they'd be well, more than willing to move on from him. Well, yeah, well, when he was hired, well, the whole thing with him being hired was kind of strange because they they offered him a lot, a lot of money, and they, they acted like he was an in-demand coach when he wasn't. And yeah. then he – now, to his credit – he he did win a lot of games his first you know couple of years maybe not as many as everybody would have loved down in Baton Rouge but he won a lot of games and then obviously he he should get credit for hiring Joe Brady for you know completely transforming that offense that was the best offense that college football has ever seen last year Ogeron des- deserves credit for those things but you know I think when you look at the totality of the work if it starts to go back downhill. I, I don't know that there will be a lot of – I don't know that there will be enough goodwill for him to survive many years of being average. If they would not have lost the players they lost because of the opt-out, what type of LSU team would we see this year? So it, could this maybe be a blip on the winning radar there is what I'm asking. Yeah, that's a tough question. Because with an offseason it, – because it's not just the players. You brought in two new coordinators as well. Yeah. I mean, that in an offseason where – practice was canceled you weren't allowed to see your players for a long period of time preseason practice was completely jumbled you don't really know you know kind of where everyone's you know head and heart as heart is and, and all of this so that's a tough question 
I would imagine it would be marginally better, but I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that they're in, you know, the SEC race or anything like that. Hey, real quick, who wins the national championship? I don't know if I'm going to have you again before the national championship, so I want to cover all my bases. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Alabama's the best team. They've been number one with a bullet. It's a wide receivers game in 2020. I think they have the best one. All right, fine. Do they at least get the play? No, well, it would probably shake out. Would they probably, what, they probably play them first round, Notre Dame, as a number three maybe? Yes, no? What do you got? I don't, well, I guess it's just, I, I mean, I think they'll be number one. I want Florida to beat them. They'll be number one. So your number four would probably be the Clemson-Notre Dame because you don't want to have that Notre Dame-Clemson match again in the semifinal if you don't have to have it so i would imagine they get proud we'll say for the sake of this conversation they get like notre dame i I don't think that's a good matchup for notre dame i think alabama wins that one you probably get clemson and the (laughs) surprise i think you get alabama clemson and national championship that's that's we we know it so well it's comforting in these times ben we can't thank you enough for the time buddy all the best all right thanks man find him on twitter at Ben Kirchival on Twitter. Fantastic stuff from him. Yeah, the, the Michigan stuff, if Michigan's 6-0 and and you're telling me with the con- – remember, because part of this is you can say about individual cases, actual positive cases, and then you have to talk about the Big Ten's rule for, for contact tracing. And if you're going by the Big Ten rule for contact tracing, yeah, even it's, if, if they were 6-0 and going into that game, down possibly 50 guys because of it, really? That's what they would want to do. Sorry, I, I I don't think that they're trying to duck Ohio State. Coming up next, top five subject, and I tried to tell Philly fan in April. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 